Welcome to the Biz Bash podcast, where we make biz strategy a piece of cake. I'm Elizabeth. And I'm Cammie, but you might know us better as Eliza and Calligraphy and Cammie Monet. We want to help you, our fellow stationers, artists, and calligraphers, confidently build a profitable and personality-driven creative biz. We're here to share our honest-to-goodness advice and actionable strategies for ambitious artists. So put on your party hat, quit being a procrastinator gator, and let's get this party started. Hey y'all, it's Cammy and Elizabeth here back for Q and Cake number four. It's hard to believe we are already on our fourth one of these because I think that means we have at least 20 episodes or something now, Cammy. I don't know if I'm doing the math right, but oh, I think I think you might be doing the math right. Yeah. Oh, yeah, because so our and, I know our Q and Cake episodes are every fifth episode. Um, for the longest time, Cami and I could not get that straight. It was hilarious. We kept <laughs> saying it was like every six weeks, every two months. We had no idea. Um, it's actually every fifth week, but that means that we collectively have at least twenty episodes now, which is really exciting. We just love bringing you guys this content, um, and we are excited to address a couple different questions from listeners today. We pulled five of them from you guys, so. I'm going to go ahead and just dive in here and ask the very first one, which is from Michelle at underscore blue bandits. I love that username, by the way. Um, (laughs) She asks us, how often do you send updates to your clients while working on a commission and a wedding suite design? Cammie, why don't you start? Okay. um, So for sending updates to my clients, um, I guess I'm sending them every proof round. I'm not like sending every single thing that happens on my end to them in an email. Literally, it's just the updates that they get is through a proof round. So proof one would be the initial con- uh, the initial proof, and then they send their feedback. I work on it, get it done, send the second proof, and, they, and then I take their feedback, work on it, get it done, send the third proof. I mean, hopefully we're done by those that many proofs. But I'm not emailing them being like, hey, I just want to let you know I'm working on your stuff today. And the envelopes are in and there was a delay on this paper order. So here's this. Like I do not like most of that is behind the scenes stuff. (laughs) What about you? Um, Yeah, it's kind of the same for me. I was going to ask, though, before I talk about my process for you, how much time is between each design round? Do you know, like on average for a client? Um, Probably about a week. I like to give myself a week um, because if there's any crazy revisions and most of the time I'm working on other projects at the same time. So a week is like a good amount. Sometimes it's the next day if it's like super simple, but usually a week is an estimate. And then in terms of like a commission painting, like a pet portrait or something, I'm not giving them any updates. I just, I don't even send them a proof. I just mail it to them and say it's done. Like that's it. (laughs) You don't get a chance to get any revisions. (laughs) Right. That's like the one and done order type of thing. Yeah. include revisions, (laughs) but like your drink signs do, right? There's like two Um, rounds mm -hmm. or something. Yeah. Three rounds of revisions with the drink signs. So those are really, really straightforward. Usually it's just like, oh, take out one word. There's hardly any artwork or vision. It's very simple again, but I'm not updating them when I started the painting or anything like that. Um, I do have a timeline for the client. So I guess they would kind of know like the gist of when I'm working on stuff, but I'm not giving them nitty gritty updates. And like they see a lot of stories too. So I think a lot of my clients follow me on social media. So those are almost like versions of updates for them. I know they get excited when they see me painting something for their suite on Instagram. 
Yeah, that's definitely exciting and fun. I I don't show my behind the scene process on stories as much. Uh, you and I have talked about this before, Cami. I'm like more weird about like social media and my clients than you are. You're yeah. like very confident in that. I would love to have a little more of that because I'm Why? always worried they're going to. I don't understand. Gonna, what, what do I'm you mean? always worried they're going to see something and be like oh, is that what the flower design is going to look like? Like, I'm afraid they're going to, like, correct me or something. Oh, I don't yeah. know. <laughs> I do. I get. I kind of get that fear, too. Like, or I thought, like, or, or they're like going to be like, they're going to be like, oh, I thought the ribbon color would be darker. I don't know. I'm just, like, afraid that I, I don't want to, like, invite, like, too much feedback. I don't know. It's different, though. Your watercolor painting stuff is, like, always, like, gorgeous. I just, like, fall on my face every time. There's really nothing, like, bad to say about it. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Thanks for buttering me up over here. Oh, I feel like if you're so excited, like, talking about it, like, look how amazing this looks. Like, I'm already getting so many amazing compliments. They're not going to be like, I don't like it. They're like, oh, wow, I guess it does. Like, it's reverse psychology. That's true. See? It's a good, yeah, it's a good, like, assistance. It's that um, social proof, right? Social so proof, that they're like, yeah. oh, well, everyone else loves it, which mm-hmm. is hilarious. But looping back to the actual question in terms oh, of, yeah. like, sending, <laughs> in terms of sending updates to your clients, I'm kind of the same as Cami, guys, where the official update is the new design round. And that can take me, I actually have in my contract that it won't take longer than 10 business days, just so that they know that. But it normally is about a week turnaround. Um, And I always try to communicate with them as soon as they send me their feedback, because they have up to three days. That doesn't always happen. Sometimes they take longer. But after they send me their feedback, I reply immediately. And I'm like, thank you so much for sending your feedback to me. You can expect these changes within a week. Like I try to just always keep them in the loop in terms of expectations for when the next one would come. Like I never want to leave them hanging, but it's the same thing with Cami. I'm not like today is the day that I'm doing X, Y, Z for your suite. Like, yeah. <laughs> or if, not- like something goes wrong and it's like, Oh, this envelope is out of stock, which happens a lot. Um, this envelope yes. color is out of stock and you're not going to be like, Hey, just want to let you know this envelope color is out of stock, but I'm going to work and find another way or like buy it from someone else. Like, you know, I would never update them on that unless it was something like detrimental. Like we actually did have to change something. Yeah. Um, but I would, you know, do everything in my power to fix it on my end without letting the client know beforehand. So those types of actually, updates, no. <laughs> I actually did send an update to a bride just yesterday, I think. So for her suite, I was going to do these um, they're called like vellum pink envelopes. Uh, oh, they're vellum I'm, white. They're vellum white. Yeah, they're called vellum white, but they have this like pinky, creamy hue to them. They're not like see-through. Right. Um, so it's a really confusing name. And But now I'm afraid that they won't be pink enough if, for what I've been showing my client the entire time. Mm, so yeah, I they did, are really peachy. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and I was having a whole conversation with Kelsey Kelly. <laughs> nice enough I like FaceTimed her I was like I really need you to like show me this envelope color like I'm worried that it's not actually going to be accurate to what I've been showing my client on the mock-up so I did send my client an email just to be like hey here's the original color I was going to order here's another one super similar I want to see which one is best in person I'll keep you updated just so that she knows um and mainly because that other envelope has like a metallic shine to it I think it was Mm -hmm. like some sort of like 
pink coral. It doesn't okay. look coral at all. What is with these envelope names? It looks very <laughs> like blushy baby pink. And <laughs> because it has like a metallic um, sheen to it, I just like wanted to keep her updated. And that's my, um, per- you know, my prerogative or like my decision is I felt like that was something I wanted to update her on. Yeah. Um, I didn't need to by any means, but yeah. I no, I feel like that was a good update for sure. Yeah. Something about something about those envelopes. I was like, I just have this weird feeling. I ordered samples of both of them so I can actually see them because my stupid sample deck doesn't actually include like the vellum white. For oh, yeah. Some you got to get the extended deck. Oh, yes. This is what I learned. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know that color. It kind of can go. It can go peach or it can go blush, depending on what it's next to. That's like the key factor in what it's right? going to be like. So I hate that color. I, I love it, but to, I hate it. <laughs> that's what I need to figure out. And I just want to like do the best for my client. And I want her to know I have the best interest in mind. So that was an instance where I did update her on like kind of a behind the scenes thing. But yeah, I think that kind of answers the question. Um, yeah. Cammie and I both give up to three revision rounds. We don't do more than that. This is all outlined in our contract too. Um, but yeah, pretty straightforward. Yeah, I actually – I used to do unlimited, but now I'm like, mm, not doing that anymore. <laughs> I cannot believe you ever did that, well, to be honest. Well, I would say like justify it by being like, yeah, you can get unlimited, but every time you like push back around – it's going to take a lot of time. So like you're not going to get it out on time basically if you don't get it under three rounds. Mm. But now I'm realizing like if I needed to break my own contract and be like, I'll add on another one for you because we misspelled someone's name, like I would do that. Like it's okay. You know what I'm saying? Yes, like to course. have those those boundaries in place to protect myself. But if I'm like, no, I can add on another one without charging the client. Like it's totally my decision. But anyway, that's yeah. a whole other side <clears> tangent. <throat> about contracts. We will talk about those later, but okay. Oh yeah. But wait, actually, can I add one more thing? Okay. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I was going to say for my final proof round, um, if they find like a misspelling or an error during the final proof, I do that change for free. Like that doesn't count as a revision round. Um, Yeah. It's mostly just protecting against like, oh, let's just add in another artwork thing and add these. Yeah. Right. Or do this or that. Okay. Exactly. Next question. I'll read it. Okay, so this is from Ansley at Ansley M. Murray on Instagram, and she says, hey, I was just wondering if you ever had people doubt your ability to make your business thrive in the beginning. I'm wanting to start my own business for fashion tees and wall art, and I feel like I'm constantly looking for people to approve of my idea of starting a business. Usually their response is disapproving, but I still want to try. How did you throw caution to the wind and just go for it? Oh, man, this is such a loaded question. (laughs) Well, okay, so I'll preface this by saying Cammie and I are both really lucky that we have um, dads in our lives that are both entrepreneurs and Cammie's dad is an artist. So people that have set out on their own before. So that helps a lot because we're surrounded by like minded people who are very encouraging. Um, So it would be strange and it would definitely be really hard and tedious not to have that approval um so let's talk about some of the ways where where you can kind of like navigate that I guess um if people are not approving (laughs) yeah I would just be like whatever I don't even care but that's like my thing but it also is kind of weird too because like I was fired from my job so I it was kind of like I didn't have a choice so people were like oh okay but there's also that like almost that questioning like oh you're really gonna do this you're really gonna start your own business instead of going to find another job like Mm -hmm. as you're doing it so I can kind of relate to that 
And for me, it was just like I knew I knew what I was capable of. I believed in myself and I didn't worry about the approval of anyone else. Like I wasn't seeking out approval. I was seeking out success in my own mind, not in success of what other people think of me. Yes. So that's kind of what kept me going, I guess, when trying to figure out if the business was actually capable. <laughs> I remember um, when I was let go from my job and talking to my husband, Alex, and being like, okay, you know, I think I'm just going to see if I can make this work. I'm giving myself a limit of three months. And if it doesn't work out in three months, I'll, I'm going to go back into the journalism industry. And I could see he was like, okay, okay. Because like, I we both kind of were like, not sure. Like, I wouldn't say we doubted my ability. But it's like, it's a big step to start a business and like, go full force into it. Um, so like having that, like questioning and also the competition, the competitive side of me, like wanted to make yes. it work. So when I was able to match my income that first month, I was like, all right, I got this. So I worked my butt off to like prove myself wrong and prove anyone else wrong. But I don't think I necessarily had that doubt in my life because Elizabeth, like Elizabeth mentioned, we have really supportive families who kind of get this lifestyle and understand what it's like. Um, but yeah, I wouldn't worry about anyone approving your business or what they think of it. I mean, what is it? Turn your haters into your motivators or something like that. <laughs> it's like, oh yeah, for sure. So I'd say just go for it. And why not? Like, what do you have to lose? It doesn't matter if they approve of it or not. Right. And yeah, keep in mind too, Ansley, that this doesn't mean like we're, you're, it's so funny because in your question, you put, how did you throw caution to the wind and just go for it? Well, for me, it was kind of a slow burn because I did it as a side hustle for a year. So keep that in mind. Like if you're, you know, if your situation is not like Cammy's where you're getting let go from a position because, you know, all of these things inside your company, <laughs> it's like inevitable <laughs> that, yeah. that it would have happened eventually. And um, don't just like, throw everything out the window and and do it. Do it with some sort of plan in mind. And like Cammie said, let those people who are disapproving motivate you in your life. Like go out there and prove them wrong and pursue your passion above all else. So if you're working the day job right now and you have the side hustle, then just keep doing that and keep pushing onward and Find like-minded people, like make friends with other creatives, uh, maybe attend a Rising Tide Society meeting in your local chapter. Just try to get involved in the creative community with other people that understand what you're doing. Because honestly, this is still like a personal struggle with me in terms of trying to make normal friends, quote unquote normal, <laughs> as in they're not in the creative field. And Cammie and I have talked about this before, is like, when you're at, whether it's women's group at church or just like out with a group of friends, wherever it is, and someone asks you what you do, you kind of get the like deer in headlights look sometimes. Like people just don't know how to yeah. react to you. And it's kind of like, oh, like the not disapproving, but the, oh, that's like interesting or okay, how do you make a living? Like I think no matter what path you're in in your business or what point you are in your business, there's always going to people be people who question it or just don't get it. And you kind of have to learn to ignore those voices. And sometimes it's hard for me. It's hard for me to like make those quote unquote normal friends because I'm like, oh, you guys just don't get it. Like I can't <laughs> sit with yeah. you over lunch and like <laughs> talk about this client problem I'm having, you know? 
Yeah, exactly. Finding those people um, who will support you and build you up. Like you need some new friends. I'm just saying, but no. <laughs> um, who will support you and build you up and support growing your business, whether it's just as a side hustle or full time. Like those are going to make such a difference. But yeah, I wouldn't worry about it too much. Like if they disapprove, that's that's too bad. They're just jealous. They can't make cute little right. That's piece. their problem. Like you won't regret pursuing your passion and ignoring them, but you will regret letting them get to you. So don't let that happen. That's yes, perfect. Love it. I need that on the shirt. <laughs> yeah. Put that on a shirt and sell it. Um, okay. So here's the next question. This is from Hannah at Nourished Lettering. And she is asking us, I have been wanting to reach out to build relationships with wedding planners, photographers, etc. in my area, but I'm not quite sure how or what to say to them. Do you offer any type of discount to clients who are referred by another professional? I would love your insight on this. Okay. Well, I don't offer any type of discount to um, clients who are referred by another professional. Like I just – like why would I do that? I don't – I guess I don't see do – you, do you do that? <laughs> well, well, why would I do that? Why would um, I do that? I'm so sorry. I, I have, I'm sorry. <laughs> I have done it, but I will talk about in what situation. But you can okay. Anyway, why would I do that? Elizabeth will tell you why she did that. Did that but um, no, I don't offer a discount if you were referred by another – Professional, if, if if another planner recommended um, a client to me, I send them a little gift in the mail and say, like, thank you so much for your referral. I really appreciate this. It's been awesome working with you. Like, I'm just more about building a relationship based on the fact that we actually respect each other's work and not because they give discounts. Um, that's just my thing. Like, Minted now gives discounts to wedding planners. Did you know this, Elizabeth? Like, if they oh, refer, sorry, they, like, what? Are they earn real? a commission. They earn a commission or something. I don't I don't know the exact inner working. So if a planner refers, now I need to look it up. I think they get a commission if they refer to Minted. So now they're not really pushing custom stationers as much. So um, it's like an affiliate program for yeah. wedding planners. Yes. I'm 99% <sighs> sure of this. Um, you know me. I'm all about affiliate programs. But I man, know. That like bums me out. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So that's really annoying. Um. Anyway, so like I was saying, I'm not doing it because I want the planner to get a discount or anything like that. It's all about actually building true vendor relationships. And to build those relationships with wedding planners, photographers, I would simply – send them a message, send them an email and say, Hey, I love your work. I'm, I'm, you know, flattered by flattered. (laughs) I just love everything you do. Not flattered. Um, I would love to get coffee with you, pick your brain, just chat, become friends. Um, let's meet for coffee. Like super simple. You don't have to make it weird. Like I I would avoid the pick your brain thing though. Oh yeah. By the way, don't say that. That's weird. Don't Don't do that. that. Let's, (laughs) let's backtrack a bit. Okay. (laughs) No, I'm kidding. No, Um, but really. Because Cammy and I have gotten emails like that before with pick your brain. It's too vague. That's the problem. I think Kimmy's right. Just leave it sweet and simple, but straightforward of like, I've, I'd love to connect with you and see how we could help one another. And actually, one of our vendor friends, Morgan, a photographer, we uh, had an episode with her just it will be in this past round. Actually, let's see. It is episode 14, guys. Yes. Nope, it's episode 15. Anyway, okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's episode 15 and Morgan is a photographer and she talks a lot about vendor relationships. So if you haven't listened to that episode yet, you can definitely go back and listen to that one um, in terms of like stationers and photographers and how they work together, etc. But wedding planners tend to be um, 
hard to get in touch with because I feel like so many people are vying for their attention. So I actually sat down in February of 2018, I think. So more than a year ago now and cold called like 15 wedding planners like that were in the Atlanta area or like in the surrounding states that I really liked their aesthetic and thought that I could be um, helpful to their clients. And I think one person called me back and I think it took more than a week. Um, And when I did end up meeting with her, I found out that she planned like one wedding a year. Like it was like way more... It was way more of like a side hustle than I realized. That was what was so funny is like her branding made her look like super professional, put together, high end. And then when I met her, it was like pulling behind the curtain and I was like almost shocked. I was like so confused that I was like, oh, okay, you like just started your family and you're only doing like one wedding a year now. This clearly isn't like the right fit. (laughs) Yeah. Um, So I think the best way to go about this is – looking at the clientele you have right now and reaching out to their wedding planners. So if you've worked with any brides and it doesn't matter what capacity, like maybe you're only doing place cards for them. Maybe you're doing one wood sign and it's a welcome sign. Anything that you're doing wedding related, ask your client who their wedding planner is and reach out to them that way because then you have that initial point of contact and something in common to say, hey, I worked with Leslie and Ben on their wedding, pulling Parks and Rec characters. Um, (laughs) I worked with Leslie and Ben on their wedding. I created this for them. I would love to be able to meet up with you and grab coffee and see how we could help each other out in the future. And I would say try to approach it from that standpoint instead of what I did, which was cold calling a bunch of super random people that really honestly did nothing for my business. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that was such good advice. I hate when I say something stupid and then I didn't mean to say it and then you just follow up with something amazing. I mean, I hate it, but I love it. You know what I mean? I'm like, dang it. I think, well, we both do it. that. Let's be real. You're like, right. <laughs> there's so many times where I fumble and you're like, let's back up a little bit. <laughs> it just gets so hard. You're just talking in the mic, it just starts rolling. Um, okay, but back up a second here. Um, you said you did offer a discount at one point. Yes. Okay. okay. So, This was another kind of like tough situation with the planner. It wasn't even that it was tough, but what I found was that in terms of like her preferred vendor list, I got put as somebody for wedding signage and day of items. And I had continued to try to, you know, instigate over and over like, hey, I'm a wedding stationer. I really want to be doing custom stationery for your clients. But I still appreciated the business she was giving me because she was giving me great business when I, you know, when I needed it and when I was getting started. So at one point, I just wanted to make sure that I was still getting um, those referrals from her. So I sent her a really nice gift at like the end of the year. And I also told her, hey, when you send clients my way, um, I'd like to give them a 10% discount. And so here's where this is kind of interesting too, because that was also partly her idea. So (laughs) this is like so bad to say, but what she said, she was like, 
my clients like it when I find them like a good deal, right? Mm -hmm. So even you putting on your invoice that they get a 10% discount for being a such and such bride, you know, what her business was. Yeah. She was like, that makes you look good. That makes me look good. So she was like, just bump your prices up a bit and then put the 10% on it. Oh my it. So gosh. <laughs> isn't that like kind of like sneaky? Yes, and, like, it is sneaky. Oh. Uh, so I'm not sure if I like feel the best about that tactic per se and at some point like she stopped kind of referring things to me anyway um and I mean I did cut out wedding signage out of my business completely so if that was all she had to refer then that's that but yeah (laughs) man vendor relationships guys they're hard because every vendor every sect of the wedding industry is on its own like track I would say and they're they only intercede on the wedding day (laughs) I know I mean I can see a situation where I was working with a planner almost exclusively for as their like go-to stationer person and the clients were actually booking and working with me every time like working out some kind of beneficial mutual beneficial discount that they were referring but I haven't had a planner relationship like that where we've worked on multiple, multiple things together. Like I've had planners, we've worked on like three weddings together, but it hasn't been like, does that make sense? Like where we're just kind of like teaming up and taking it on together. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So do you still work? Do you still work with her? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But it's like sometimes our clients book, sometimes they don't like, it's probably once every six months I get an email from her. It's not like we're working together all the time. So right. But still, yeah, that's like so great that she sends you that business. I mean, I know for a fact, (laughs) not to say this like super crazy or anything, but that some of the most well-known stationers, highest end luxury, et cetera, are getting work almost exclusively from wedding planners. Yes, absolutely. I know that. Because they have bogus websites or, you know, websites that don't make sense. And you kind of look at it and you're like, how would a client know about them? But they have amazing vendor relationships. Exactly. So. so vendor relationships can definitely amplify your business tenfold. But yeah, getting in, I mean, it's just, it's just all about a matter of like, who you know, how strong is your relationship? And are your clients the same kind of client? You know, mm-hmm. do you match with that planner's aesthetic and that bride's budget? Like, it's, it's all just like finding the right fit. It's kind of like dating, I yeah. guess. <laughs> I need to take my own advice, though, and go back through my past client list and ask them who their wedding planner that was. That was such and a good idea. Out, I was and sitting reach here. out to all of them. Yeah, that's such a genius idea. I'm going to do that, too. So yeah. <laughs> let's do it. Let's hold each other accountable because okay. I always say I'm going to do stuff like that and I never do it. But I really want to have like solid relationships with wedding planners. I mean, I already who, know who their planners are because I have it as like a form they fill out on um, their uh, love story questionnaire so I can send planners oh. the, the um, completed suite. So most of the time I'm already in touch with them. But um, yeah. So I just oh, do you like, send the photographer and the planner a suite individually? Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, girl, I need to do <laughs> one for the planner. I always do one for the photographer. <laughs> but yeah, the planners love it. They get so excited. <laughs> yeah. I have one planner who does Rosemary Beach Weddings that we worked together last fall, and I want to follow up with her for sure. But Yeah. I think it's all just like keeping that keeping that relationship spark, you know, maybe sending them a greetable every once in a while. 
I'm not, yeah. you know, I'll, I'll bribe them. I don't care. Or to <laughs> quote Dory from Nemo, just keep swimming. You just gotta keep swimming. What? <laughs> Does it even make sense? Yes, it does because <laughs> it makes sense because all right, let me explain uh, my no, I get it. I get it. <laughs> because even when it feels like you're not having a breakthrough with vendors, you just gotta keep moving on. <laughs> yes. And on that note, let's go to the next question. Hey there, fellow stationers. Are you creating custom invitations and still sending a lackluster contract that's hacked together with Google searches and generic templates? We've got you. We've created a custom stationary contract written for stationers by stationers, and it is lawyer reviewed and approved. Hashtag legal rockstar. The custom stationary contract covers every stationary snafu, protects you and your client's interests, and sets up an expectation of professionalism. We've combined our previous contracts as well as years of experience to bring you a contract that covers your booty and your biz. So become a put-together pro and breathe a sigh of relief knowing that you have a contract that is easy to understand and avoids confusing legal jargon. The custom stationary contract is only $227, which is half of what you'd expect to pay anywhere else, and it's written by two gals who have seen it all. Spoiler alert, it's us. It's time for you to do things right. Go to bizbirthdaybash.com forward slash contract to purchase and download your copy today. All right, our next question is from Katie of Katie Rose Calligraphy, and she asks us, do you all ever get discouraged by how popular it is to become a calligrapher, stationer, artist, etc. nowadays because it seems like there's just increasing competition? Or do you all feel like it's increased awareness so it's actually a benefit? This is a great question, Katie. Thank you for asking. It's a really good question. I'm, I actually... I don't get discouraged at all. I get so excited like because I do think it's increased awareness. Like I love seeing other people start businesses and start their stationary business, their calligraphy business, whatever. Like it's really exciting. Um, and I also feel like we all have our own unique style, unique way we um, offer our types of services to the client, unique experiences to bring to the table. So I'm not worried. Like there's never going to be another Cami Monet, you know, <laughs> like it's, yes. it doesn't make me feel worried at all. Um, And in fact, we've talked about this before, I think most clients don't have a single clue where to find a calligrapher, an artist, a custom stationer, like they are, they cannot find one to save their lives. So just because it seems really saturated for us on their end, they're still like, we're like hidden gems to them. So I do feel like by having more of these um, younger calligrapher stationers coming into the business, like it it is increasing awareness, which just just makes the industry stronger, makes it better for us. Now, as long as we're all keeping our pricing solid, (laughs) that's a big deal. But I definitely think there's enough room at the table for all different kinds of competition. Yes. (laughs) Yes, absolutely. I mean, I agree in every single way. And I know we've definitely touched on this in episode before we've at least talked about it on biz birthday bash or something or another is that we're on instagram every day which is basically like oh man here i'm gonna go with like a really weird like analogy cam i love it it's basically like being on like a pond and you're a lily pad and there's a million other lily pads in there but if you walk out of the pond it's not that you can't because lily pads don't have legs it's going terribly (laughs) (laughs) the lily pad (laughs) were to leave the pond there's no lily pads outside the pond um so keep in mind that like instagram is like it's like sitting in the pond being surrounded by everyone who's like-minded and doing the same thing but an average day 
if you tell someone you're a calligrapher or a stationer designer, like we talked about earlier in the episode, they really have like a deer in headlights thing, like uh, almost a what is that type of reaction. So you are actually very like unique when it comes to the general population. Like I think people always are afraid of this like saturation. Um, but I don't know. I just like don't think it's really a thing. I think it's kind of a myth. <laughs> I think it's a myth too. And also lots of people can start a business and start this um, process, but will they actually be successful at it? You know, like yeah, a lot of people true. can start being a calligrapher and lots of people just do it as hobbies too. They just do like small jobs for their friends. They're not trying to turn into a huge business. So we're mm-hmm. all at different, um, we all have different wants and needs in our business and at different levels. So I, I, it just does not bother me or worry me at all. Like a lot of people have asked if teaching workshops, so they're like, oh, you're just teaching your competition. I'm like, I really don't care. Like I fine. literally, <laughs> that was like never a problem for me with workshops ever. I was like, so, and people were like, well, you don't care. And I'm like, I literally don't care. <laughs> like, yeah, I don't care. Like they still can't copy everything about my business and the way I you know, talk to my clients, the things I do, like, it's just never going to be the same. So I'm just, I'm just not worried about it. It's totally fine. (laughs) Plus, I don't think Cammy and I would be here doing Biz Birthday Bash if we were worried about increasing competition. Because at the end of the day, we really want you guys to succeed. And that's why we have like all our resources and stuff is to help other small business owners and exactly help the economy, guys. Like, it's crazy, (laughs) though. the industry. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) It's amazing how many people now have chosen like this self-employed route or start their own businesses. Like corporate culture in America, this is a whole nother tangent, but like slowly and surely will die away because I don't know. It's just... It's just amazing how many other opportunities are out there now. Yeah, and it's really cool. I mean, the internet has just like exploded all different kinds of ways to actually have a business and make a living without necessarily working for someone else. So I think it's mm-hmm. I think it's super cool. Like I love meeting other calligraphers, stationers, artists because I feel like I can relate to them and it's fun to just chat with them about the talk shop, you know, a little bit about the industry. Yeah. Oh yeah, it keeps me sane for sure. Uh-huh, exactly. <laughs> All right. Our last question. Cammie, take it away. Um, Can you offer more insight on contracts with clients? Do I need them for all commission projects, large or small? I've never done this at all, so I'm completely new to this concept. And this is from Morgan at Morgan M. Harris on Instagram. Perfect. Um, Yes. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) So, Okay. Bottom line, yes, you need a contract. You don't need them for all projects. So Cammie and I were talking about this a little bit before we started recording. But for things on Cammie's website, like pet portraits and custom drink signs, custom bar signs, um, you don't do a contract, right, Cammie? No, there's no contract. Basically, when they're purchasing something directly on my website, it's almost like an understood contract in my terms and conditions that when they buy this, they're agreeing to these terms. Like, um, and I have all the terms listed within the listing. And then there's a separate page that has like what happens if something gets damaged during shipping and all that jazz. So it's almost like a mini contract, but I'm not technically sending them a contract to sign for things like that. But Mm -hmm. then of course on large custom projects, like wedding invitations, wedding stationery, basically anything that has to do with the wedding (laughs) or um, custom projects that are going to have a lot of moving parts. Absolutely. I will send them a contract. Like I wouldn't even start anything without them signing the contract. And the cool thing about this is we created a custom contract for you guys to purchase. It's the custom stationary contract. 
Um, it covers your butt for every situation that you would need if you were designing custom invitations for a client. So um, it is $227. It's literally half the price of most of the contracts out there right now. And it's going to be a game changer for your business in terms of making you look professional, in terms of making sure you know exactly what to do when things go wrong, and just setting up those clear expectations with your client, which is exactly what contracts are for. Yes, absolutely amazing. And will you share that link with us too? Where should they go? Oh, yeah. If you want to check out this contract, it's just bizbirthdaybash.com slash contract to purchase and download it. And it's editable. You can add in anything that's specific or relevant to your business. You can take out clauses if they don't matter to you. But literally, every type of situation is on there. We, we wrote it together. Um, so it's basically emerging uh, both of our contracts and all the situations that have happened to us. Um, with our clients in the past and things that haven't happened, but we thought of and could happen. And then we had yep. it reviewed <laughs> and approved by a lawyer. So it is a working legal document that is legit and ready for you to use immediately. And Kimmy and I are both using it now too, because yes. of course, <laughs> why wouldn't we after putting so much dang effort into this thing? Yes, we are <laughs> It's really more... <laughs> like the cumulative knowledge of doing this you know for the amount of years that we've been doing it um we've each been doing this like more than two years now that's crazy um yeah almost three. wow um almost three full years almost three full years being full-time that's so exciting <laughs> um but yeah so it's basically a merging of both of our contracts before and honestly this one is so much more solid than the contract I was using previously and I felt really good about that one but this one I'm like like I have zero stress, you know, like oh, every- zero stress. It's so organized. <laughs> it is. It is so organized. It's awesome. Like it just makes sense. There's no like crazy legal jargon that I don't understand. Like, you know, I think a lot of contracts before you kind of like piecemeal them together based on what you've heard or other templates that you might have purchased that aren't necessarily mm-hmm. like they're like for calligraphy or something else, but they're not necessarily just for stationary. And this is not just a generic template. Like it has specific things to um, doing invitations. So that was something that was really important to us was making it specific for stationers. Yep, absolutely. Um, So many good things. This is just one of the many things that we have done this year as a resource for you guys because we got asked about it so much. And Kim and I just felt it was really important to be able to give our fellow stationers an amazing contract resource written by us that wouldn't cost you an arm and a leg. Because I know how stressful that is starting a business and not feeling like you have $500, $600, you know, to spend on something to protect yourself. Um, There's a lot of big investments at the beginning of your business. And covering your butt, like, yes, a contract is still an investment, but we wanted to make it affordable for you guys. So hopefully we've helped accomplish that (laughs) a little bit. (laughs) Um, And hopefully that answered your question about contracts with clients. So yeah, any large project like custom stationery, definitely add it on there. Any smaller custom projects that they may be purchasing directly from your website, just have a terms and conditions that they would agree to once they purchase it. And yeah, that's pretty much how it all works. I mean, we talk more about contracts too in episode 17. 17. Yes. So go listen to that one if you have um, any more questions about that. And then if you still have questions, you can always submit questions to 
um, bizbirthdaybash.com slash Q and cake, as you know, because you did that already. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, we love getting the questions from you guys. I do have to say, though, you guys are pretty funny. You write some um, lengthy, (laughs) you write some (laughs) lengthy things for us to read. (laughs) I know. It's very intense. Some of y'all write novels. (laughs) But you guys, most of the time, it's because you guys are like um, thanking us, which is really nice, and we appreciate you guys. You guys are so funny because um, so many of you, what they, what do you call it when you kind of? Now I'm like fumbling over my words, but it's fine. <laughs> when you preface, that's what I'm looking oh, yes. for. It's like they preface their question by first like thanking us which is so sweet but really you got you don't have to do that just feel like just ask us questions like that's what it's there for <laughs> just get to the point no i'm just kidding sorry i didn't mean to stop you. no no we love you guys so much we just we also think it's funny though i think because us as creatives like as a whole i think everyone is like we're we're so fluffy and kind to one another but that's a, a good thing in some ways so Maybe we should just accept the compliment. I think it's like when people are like, oh, you look so pretty today. And you're like, oh, yeah, well, you know, my hair is just doing this weird thing. Just say (laughs) thank you and move on. That's what we're doing. We're going to say thank you and move on with our lives. So thank you guys for submitting all your questions and all your nice things you say about us. You can leave those in there. We'll still read them and be very happy. (laughs) Oh, yeah. I still read them and I'm happy. Oh, also, if you guys are enjoying our episodes, our 20 or so episodes that we have now, which is super exciting make sure you leave us a review and a rating on iTunes. They're actually two separate things, which is kind of confusing. So you can rate us with stars, but also write us a review because that helps other creatives find us and helps them on their creative journeys as well. Yep, exactly. Okay, I think that's it for Q&Cake number four. Thanks so much for joining us this week, and we will talk to you guys next week. Bye. Toodaloo. (laughs) Ha, ha, ha.